What do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting, and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. We want to welcome you to the Niche Finder Framework. You know, this is a podcast that we highlight experts. And today we have one of the experts that, you know, I can say that he is both businessman and gentleman. He's surgeon and artist combined into one. This is Dr. Mark Urquhart, somebody I've known for way back, uh, many years, actually, um, from the start of his career. Uh, and we met in Jersey City uh, at a, a, a level two trauma center. And I could just tell you that this is a, a someone who is is uh, so skilled and yet humble and it's just a pleasure to know the clinician that he is as well as the the gentleman that he is so i'm so privileged to have him on today i want to give you a little bit of a background of, of his training uh, he actually trained at john hopkins university as well as he had his undergrad at iowa state university as i was reading your bio mark i didn't realize that you did your fellowship in pittsburgh work with the Pittsburgh Steelers and yeah. as well as the Penguins. And so yeah. I, I, I <laughs> so you know you 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 got you got a whole mix of stuff and there's stuff that's, that's not right. even on your bio that I that I'm, I'm surprised you didn't even mention. But uh you know it's a privilege to have you on. I want to make you feel welcome to the Niche Finder podcast um by way of this introduction. And so welcome to the program. Thank you, Cliff. It's good to be here. And uh, I think what you're doing is wonderful. It's inspirational and uh, as you bring back that that bio i have to remind everyone i i'm from wisconsin so i still am with my green bay packers and i still bleed <laughs> <laughs> all right the cheese head is in, in the house <laughs> that's cool uh, i was i thought you was gonna go with I'll the go bucks with that's right well, i'm going with my Milwaukee bucks it's been 50 years we're we're due <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I got my. That's handlers. it. Y- Giannis, Giannis is Giannis is gonna bring it home. But he's he looks determined. He has a look of focus and determination. Um, so we gonna go right into it. Uh, so 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 tell us tell us a little bit about what your niche is and why does why would the audience have a vested interest in your journey? 
Yeah, so my niche is orthopedic surgery and my subspecialties within orthopedic surgery are hand and upper extremity surgery as well as sports medicine. So that involves shoulder surgery and reconstructive knee surgery. And really my niche just involves helping people. Uh, mm. I think we all have to find our goal and our passion and our mission in life. And my niche is really helping people and the real question was, how do I best help people? What am I skilled to do? And I think that's what my niche is, is being able to help people in a compassionate way, delivering excellence in terms of surgical technique and ability to help the musculoskeletal system. Wow. Um, so at the start of your journey, what did you want to achieve? Yeah, so I think my biggest thing was just getting out of poverty <laughs> that was the motivation and I think you know when you look at a journey I didn't necessarily know what my career was going to be like but I just wanted to be successful I wanted to be able to you know have the basic things in life and as I look at my journey as I look back I think the early signs that I may be headed in this field of orthopedic surgery uh, were a couple things and one is I remember my seventh grade science teacher Mr. Bredesen he used to play this game and it was a little competition I'm, I'm a little competitive by nature <laughs> and the competition was we used to stand up in class and he would point to one of the bones and he had this old school transparency which would be a whiteboard for those younger generations <laughs> <laughs> but he would point to a bone and the, of the two people standing, the first one to name that bone would then proceed to the next person at that table. And if you could make it all the way around the classroom, he would give you a prize. And his class was right before lunchtime. So we'd always have a snack, whether it be a candy bar. And so Mr. Bredesen said to me after class one day, he said, Mark, you know, you might as well tell me what kind of candy bar you like because you seem to be winning this every day. <laughs> so I like bones. I had, a, I had an inclination to knowing the anatomy uh, at an early age. I've always liked medical shows and like Quincy, Trapper, John, MD. That would be like, uh, you know, these newer shows for the next generations. But I've always been interested in games like Operation. I've always been relatively skilled with my hands and had relatively good hand-eye coordination. Maybe not enough to make it to the NBA, but, <laughs> <laughs> but enough to do this. And I was always passionate about helping people. So I think as I look at my journey, I think that I had a passion for science, uh, an aptitude for science, and I think in terms of wanting to help people, and I think that's really the key, is that all those things came together in what I'm able to do now. And for me, it's like they say, if you find what you're passionate about, you'll never work a day in your life. And I truly feel I'm in my zone. As a young person, I probably would have wanted to play professional basketball. Right, right. <laughs> and even as an old person. <laughs> but I think I've really found my niche. And, and it's really where the convergence of my passion and my aptitude and my desire to help others are converging. Wow. And I'm in my happy place. 
All right. <laughs> and, you know, it, you know, I, I think you just articulated it so well, uh, why it's so important to find what we what we do well and uh, commercial break on this. You know, one thing that I talk about in Dream Octane is that I quite often, even when I'm, I'm actually doing um, coaching cohorts uh, with m- multiple individuals who have been successful in a field, um, they're still interested in learning about what they have in abundance. And, and I, the way I, the journey I take them through is what have you done well? What were your interests in times past kind of like how you said i was drawn to operations i was drawn to these medical shows like that's not a coincidence if we can look back and and it helps to shape the decisions that we can make in in our present which then could you know obviously alter the course of where we go for our future and so i I really do appreciate (laughs) i really appreciate it so well (laughs) thank you i've been practicing You know, you probably you probably have it. You you know, maybe you didn't make it uh, in the NBA like you were saying. But I was reading your bio, and 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 it says here, at least at the time in which you wrote this, that you still hold the distinction as the first recorded triple double in basketball. But yeah, that was way back in the day. And you know, I think about uh, my endeavors in basketball, and I think you know everything in life, especially losses or what you may seem to think is a defeat can actually inspire you and prepare you for future challenges. And if I had to say what my journey was like, I think that was one of my journeys. I think so much time is spent trying to be quote unquote successful in one field that you must fail first in order to really truly succeed. And I think in your what you may perceive to be a failure, you actually learn the most. You learn the most about yourself. You, you know, as I like to say, I, I helped people go to the NBA and they helped me go to medical school. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and, and what your talent is, you're going to find your place. And for me, uh, competing at a high level in basketball was an opportunity to really challenge myself and really develop resilience, which I think is a key ingredient into finding your dream and and executing your your passion and your goal. And so for me, you know, even though I didn't make the NBA, I think just being able to compete at that level and just maintaining that discipline, even when it may not have panned out to the ultimate you know, prize or, or glory of taking it to the next level just developed me for a sense of resilience, a sense of just saying I can hold my own against these high caliber professionals, whether it be in the athletic arena or the academic arena. So as I went from a small school called Iowa State in the middle of nowhere, which most people couldn't even pick out on a map, <laughs> especially on the East Coast, yeah. to you know a high-powered institution like Johns Hopkins, I was able to say, okay, look, I played against guys who went on to the NBA, wow. so I can compete with these you know, intellectuals on any level. And, and the key is just hard work, resilience, and just believe in yourself. Wow. Uh, what turn, What type of external struggles did you have at the start of your journey? Yeah, so external struggles. I think a lot of external struggles were, I think, obstacles and how are you going to facilitate it? We didn't have any uh, doctors or physicians in my family. And even locally, we didn't. I didn't have anyone who was necessarily my mentor. I knew of some doctors, but was not really close enough to shadow them or anything. So one of the biggest struggles was just finding that vehicle, finding that way to get to my passion. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I, I think 
the key is just persistence, right? The right opportunity is going to be opening up or come come into your visual field and you just have to be ready for it. So as I progressed, I kind of you know, found what I was passionate about and lo and behold, in, in playing sports, you know, every athletic team has a team doctor. That team doctor usually is an orthopedic surgeon. And by and large, you know, this orthopedic surgeon was like, Mark, you know, you, I hear you're interested in medicine. You know, you should probably come by and check out these surgeries. And once I saw that, it was over. I knew I knew where I needed to be. That's all I needed to see. And uh, so it was externally. I think it was just uh, the, the vehicle, the vessel, how I was going to get there. That was daunting. And I think that's what it is. And it's really, I guess, your external struggles really are insignificant. It's more of how they pose an internal struggle, right? Your fear, mm. your doubt, and getting control of those emotions. And I think the external struggles, once you conquer your fear, your apprehensions, your self-doubt, those external struggles may have been monumental at one point, but they really are diminished once you kind of know yourself and believe in yourself. Mm. And I think that's what I really found uh, as I, you know, I've taken this journey is that, you know, what I thought was external struggle was really, you know, me just having the, the self-confidence the wherewithal, the persistence, and just not focusing so much on the fear or apprehension of what the next step's going to be, but just working hard, just going for it, you know, just working hard and pursuing your goal, and then just waiting for the right opportunity. Uh, what epiphany did you experience, and what new opportunity did you discover from that event? Yeah, so the epiphany I experienced, I think, was just uh, mainly to just understand that you know life is about pursuit of your dreams and just never giving up and i think that's what i found as i took this journey is that you know it's really one of my strengths is really more so than the ability to have ha good hand-eye coordination or remember the bones of the body but mm. really to just have the resilience to have the work ethic and the resilience to just keep on going and I think that's one of the things I was, you know, I kind of found out about myself as we, as we, you know, I've gone along this journey. Mm. So when you, when you started out on this journey, you obviously had to have a plan. It sounded like certain things started to come into your sphere of influence and different people kind of encourage you and say, Hey, consider this and consider that. You know, you had your, your professor or teacher that you were talking about that, that said, Hey, you, you're pretty good with bones, right? And so there were like these glimpses that happened in your life. But what plan did you create to achieve your desired goal? So the plan basically was just to, to pursue my dream and really get to the next level of education. And, you know, basically, you know, it's interesting, you know, sometimes we spend a lot of time trying to make a plan, but really it's just a matter of taking things one step at a time. And as you mentioned, one of the obstacles or what were some of the external, you know, barriers to, the, to trying to take this journey, one might've been trying to plan too far ahead. And I think it's a lot of times you, you can 
fear can become a problem. Self-doubt can become a problem. If you look too far ahead, if you're if you're sitting down on Earth and you're looking up at the moon and you say, one day I want to be a cosmonaut and, and be in outer space, you know, that's that's a that's a daunting task to think that you could how are you gonna do that? There's so many things to think of. But I think sometimes you just have to plan one step at a time. And one thing about this career in, in healthcare and and an orthopedic surgery it's definitely in stages so each stage you have to just do things one thing at a time day by day so it's the day in and day out of work of medical school that allowed me to be successful and to get the orthopedic surgery residency that I chose and then after even orthopedic surgery residency there was another process in which you have to compete and interview and to get to the next level to do a fellowship which I did a hand fellowship for a year and then even again I did another fellowship in sports at Pittsburgh and that's where you really say okay the plan was just to just really take things one stage at a time enjoy the process because this, if you get too far ahead, if you start looking too far ahead, you can be apprehensive and, and concerned and worry, and you can lose focus, you know, because it's such a long road in medicine. And I think back, it just seems like yesterday, you know, I was at Iowa State, you know, playing ball. <laughs> but the reality is, it's been stages, you know, it's definitely stages. So medical school was the plan, and then after medical school the opportunity came to really rotate on different services so you determine hey is this my field do i really like pediatrics or cardiology and i really did enjoy them all but then when i got to orthopedic surgery it was just like okay i'm home i know where I'm <laughs> and then within the orthopedic surgery i still didn't know exactly there's so many varied subspecialties within orthopedic surgery some some orthopedic surgeons focus on the spine some do musculoskeletal tumors and cancers some do pediatric orthopedic surgery and so within orthopedic surgery again i got exposed to different things so really it's sometimes important to recognize not to think or look too far ahead but to kind of focus at the task at hand and enjoy the process so i enjoyed my pediatric orthopedic surgery rotations i enjoyed my spine surgery rotations i enjoyed my musculoskeletal tumor dealing with patients who had cancers of the bone but once I found that sports was my natural inclination and I rotated on that, I was like, wow, I want to do more of that. And that's why I pursued my fellowship at Pittsburgh. And hand I found to be intricate and challenging. And hand surgery is very minute. I mean, my hand-eye coordination was good, but I found that at a microscopic level, you bring out that high-powered microscope and try to do very fine things with, with you know, vessels and nerves the size of our eyelashes. I mm. found that my skills were like, eh, we needed some work. So I decided to do a hand fellowship as well, which really helped me hone my soft tissue handling and even further kind of pay attention to detail. So the plan was just to enjoy the process and, and one day at a time. And eventually it led to actually having my own practice. And so that wasn't necessarily, I don't think there's any way in the world you could have told me, even when I decided I want to go to medical school, that I would decide I would have my own orthopedic surgery practice with my wife. I mean, that's mm. that's something I could have never even fathomed. So I think that's so good that when you talk about the process and dreams, it's important. Yeah. And this is, I'll tell you what, this is cathartic for me, Cliff, because this, <laughs> this, this is good for me because I really get a chance to reflect on life. Yeah. And it's interesting how you can go through a process and not even really fully understand it and really see how, you know, what a blessing it is to, to have this opportunity. But at each level, 
there was a process. There was not much of a plan. The plan is just kind of survive and do the work, but enjoy the process. Just put in the work and stay focused on every day. If you look too far ahead, I think, you know, a lot of athletes will say the same thing. You can't think about, oh, winning the next series or the next team you may face. You just pay attention to that moment, right? Stay in that moment. And the plan was really to survive, focus, and enjoy the journey. And in that, I was able to really enjoy the bathe in the experience that I had, really learn and hone my skills from the excellent professors I had in my training. And that was the key. You know, um, first, I, I want to big up your wife, Erica, who is an orthopedic surgeon as well. So I just yeah. want to, you may mention to her, I want to, I want to definitely give her a plug. Um, but you know, what's, what's interesting. So my, my nephew, um, my, my sister's son, he came over the other day and, and my son, believe it or not, Elijah, he's, uh, he's taller than us right now. Wow. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> and, and just so for the audience who's listening, like Mark and I are both six, four, six, five, depending on what shoes we wear. <laughs> but my son, my my son is legitimately six five and he's and he's fifteen. Wow. So so uh the long and short of it, my nephew um played for Rutgers. Um he was he was um part of the he was like the point guard for Rutgers and I I, I had him come, you know, because I played basketball, just pick up games, but nothing real structure. And I wanted him to start learning some, you know, some basics to the game. Yeah. So I had him come over and what I when you talk about holding your skill, what I found to be so interesting is that here you have someone who who's playing I had a decent level. I mean, he yeah. actually excelled for the bracket that he was in. He got defensive uh, player of the year. He's got wow. a number of achievements. Right. And so when he came over, he uh, and I said, well, you know, show Elijah some some, you know, just training uh, rudiments. And he just he said, look, he said, just stand underneath the basket and just do 10 of these shots and do go to the other side, do 10 of these shots and then dribble. You know, and he had these rudiments that was so basic. And he says, No, nah, you just yeah. keep doing it. Keep doing those basic rudiments over and wow. over again. Don't try to be fancy or anything. He said, just do the rudiments little by little. And then when the game time comes, you got the muscle memory. You know, you That's got right. the muscle memory. And wow. I love what That's you were saying lesson. as far as yeah, honing your skill is not like the big grandiose thing like i'm ready for my you know everything center stage it's those little things those incremental progress uh that that really gets us to where we need to be so i appreciate you sharing that that's right no that's absolutely that's a great point that's a great point you know fundamentals you know they're just so you know there's so much to that just staying uh with the fundamentals you know it doesn't have to be anything flamboyant just sticking with the day-to-day and that's one of the beauties of, of this field of orthopedic surgery is constantly evolving and so as I talk about, you know, what I've learned thus far, I'm constantly learning. So there's not a day that goes by where I'm not challenging myself with complex fractures because as many fractures as I've done throughout this 20 year career in practice, each fracture is different. Each person is different. Their bone quality may be different. The energy, we've got these high powered motorized scooters which i'm just oh my goodness now that the weather's gotten better i didn't i had no idea these things go like up, upwards of 40 miles per hour wow it poses a whole different host of injuries we thought the hoverboard was bad no it's not wow not close to the motorized scooters so as i i continually want to challenge myself and i still 
find that taking call and being a part of the trauma service at Jersey City mm. really allows me to challenge myself. And that's one thing I find, we talk about niche and, and what, what has drawn you to this field is I enjoy the challenge. And mm. you know, it's not until uh, literally, Cliff, as I'm talking to you now, I just realized that you know, that's part of my character makeup. I think I enjoy the challenge, and I may not win them all. You know, you may everyone's got to lose at some point, but you know what? I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy channel, challenging myself, making myself work harder, making myself study harder, learning from the challenges that you have, and then just getting better. And this career allows me to do that. You know, it's almost like that same feeling I got stepping on the basketball court. You know, you see somebody who's taller than you, or yeah. <laughs> those named named individuals. You know, you know, I had the opportunity to kind of try to defend. You know, guys like John. Starks and everything like that <laughs> and it was just like you know it would it would get you ready there's nothing wow. like that you know it's it's it made me better it made me the best athlete I could be you know maybe not NBA quality but it made me the best person individual mm -hmm. I could be because it really taught me to respect the challenge to not shy away from the challenge and to, to understand that that's part of the process if you're not being challenged i think you're you're doing yourself a damn uh disservice mm. you know um i, I want to remind you of something and this is we're going back like 18 years ago but i remember there was a situation that happened uh in surgery uh, with someone who you were working with at the time at the center that we were in and um it it just seemed like there was a complication right yeah. it was a complication that happened and i just remember so for people who are listening you know i started my career as an x-ray tech and so i would be the x-ray tech that oftentimes would be working with orthopedic surgeons like dr mark arkar who we have on today and so in this particular day um it seemed like the your colleague ran into some complication and i remember they they paged you to the room and as soon as you came into the room um it seemed like something got nicked that wasn't supposed to be nick and it was just i saw what you were talking about right now as far as having the courage to step into the challenge and still have maintained a steady hand it was on full display and i really think you may not have noticed this and maybe you did uh, but i noticed that it set it changed the tone of the room Right. Because as soon as you came in there, it, it was it was just like, all right, you know, you know, um, everybody. OK, you just start giving directions. OK, this person, I need you to get this. And you pulled up the seat and it was just like you. Yeah. It was like lights, camera, action, ready. Yeah, I was I was made for this moment right now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's a funny, Cliff. And, you know, as you say that, I, I just I think that's so true. You have to know what you're what you're ready for and i think this is you know i give credit and tribute to all my professors who have spent countless hours instructing me and you know all i i had to just basically show up and definitely there were 100 hour weeks easily throughout my training process but every single minute of that i was instructed by some of the best teachers in the world and their dedication is one of those things I pass on. And that's one of the things I still continue to do is help teach medical students and residents who I think is so important. And really, I think that's when I look at, you know, what would my future legacy be? What would I like to leave behind? A, a sense of, you know, yes, I helped. And even colleagues, you know, we must, you know, it's one of those things, like, as I said, you know, I've always, you know, 
continue to learn in this field and we help each other as colleagues you know you know everyone has their gift it's just like players you know if somebody you know they're I won't give any names, but some of those people that I played against, you know, were very quick <laughs> and they had me by a step. So I have to rely on our big guys underneath the basket to kind of help out. You know, that's right. just the way it is. Right. And I would similarly, you know, some, some guys, you know, were overpowering other people, but positions on the team, you, know, you have to help out. And so it's one of those things, it's being collegial. I think everything comes together and those, those pearls and those you know things you learn about sport and teamwork and being a good uh, citizen and colleague it's it's all part of life everything i think prepares me for that moment and i just you know i think goodness thank god for the opportunity to be in those situations where i can be of service and i think you know it's always good to have someone's back i think it just makes everyone feel good and it makes the team feel good you know when you're able to help people and I just remember, you know, it's back in when we were at Medical Center, you know, I'll never forget during 9-11, you know, when the towers were struck, there was an amazing sense of camaraderie that, that in that hospital. Yeah. Everyone who worked in the hospital came to the hospital. There were meals being prepared for all the staff. It just happened. I don't think, you know, and you say, I brought a sense of calm. Yeah, and that's and that's what you do, I think, when you're part of a team, you, you come together, you, you do what you're able to do and, and just contribute. And it's so important for everyone to understand that, whether you're a surgeon or everyone can contribute in one way. And nobody's role is insignificant. When, when the team gets the win, when the team gets the job done, and I'll never forget the day we rallied uh, during 9-11 when the whole hospital, everyone who worked in the hospital literally came into the hospital to contribute. And it didn't matter what they were doing, they were helping. And it was just an amazing feeling. And when you're a part of that, you just know you're in the right place. And I'll always, I, I yearn for that. I live for that ability, not only to, to help take care of the patients, but to be a part of a team that's successful and to be that team member because I, I always appreciate that no everyone appreciates someone that has their back right I mean, that's just one of those yeah, things yeah. It's just it's just a good feeling on all all the way around you know and everyone's got certain skill sets where they may be able to contribute more than others so you know it's a pleasure to be in those opportunities and I, I live for those moments you know ready to take that shot you know I may not be the one they went to for the game winning shot necessarily but you set the pick <laughs> but that's right that's right set the pick, get the rebound you know make the stop, you know make the stop on defense whatever it takes you know to be a yeah. part of that team you know you feel yeah, part of that yeah. victory did you have any mentors along your way oh so many mentors and uh you know, it's interesting. Uh, they're, they're mentors, and as I mentioned before, we didn't have any immediate doctors in our family growing up. But you know, my grandfather was my rock. You know, my grandfather was someone who, you know, uh, when you look at his career, what he sold insurance for some portion of his career. Uh, then he was a mailman for the remaining remainder of his career, and uh, you know, it didn't really matter what his profession was he was a citizen of the world and i told my children this in cliff you know they'll, you'll appreciate this because we've been going through a challenging time with this pandemic and i told my kids i said you know your your great grandfather my grandfather uh he was your age when the pandemic of 1918 struck wow and you know my grandfather was never one to complain about anything 
And I was like, wow. I was like, why did he never say anything about it? He never made mention of it. You know, and it's one of those things. I think he's just such a rock and had such a, a mindset. Strong-willed, stubborn, yes, but just relentless and mm. indomitable. Yes, he was. And that's he was mm. the rock of the family, the pillar of the family. And he just mm. day in and day out carried mail. And, you know, I mean, history will bring to light the challenges he had to go through on a day-to-day basis. You know, your, your life wasn't safe even without a pandemic <laughs> yeah yeah for some pe- for people of color at that time right you know right and he went on to to do his job you know survive the pandemic world wars depression you know and i was like well you know i guess mm. it's one of those things after after so many battles you don't say like you know david or king david from the bible he didn't say oh mm-hmm. just, after goliath he didn't say oh yeah i just whoops us and stuff you, know? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you don't start dropping names about your victories or battles you know you just keep doing it. you do what you do wow. you hang in there wow. you persevere you survive and, you, and he was just a pillar of strength so my grandfather was one and that's just from a moral character standpoint he was a rock of the family always there always there providing mm-hmm. the necessities my older sister actually ended up going to medical school and she became a pediatrician. So mm. she kind of facilitated the path. I kind of was familiar with what it takes and kind of how to, how to go that route. So that was another way she was a mentor. My older brother, who was two years ahead of me, was very much a mentor because I always had to keep up. Being the younger brother, I was always mm. playing basketball with his friends and they were mm. always, you know, especially at that age, you know, now we get in this age, we're like, well, He's not really that much older than me, but back then, <laughs> two years is a big thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing up. And so he always pushed me, but I think uh, just he was a mentor just in basketball because he was a phenomenal athlete, but also just a great big brother that really looked out for me and kind of always included me, right? Always allowed me to, to challenge myself. And that's really where it all began, I think, when it talked about the initial challenge. It was just keeping up, whether it was riding bikes or playing ball with the bigger kids. You know, that was a, that was a big challenge. And then we go on, to, and when we go to uh, on to college and then medical school, I had phenomenal mentors, phenomenal mentors, and uh, the character of individuals, you know, is very is is just amazing. Just to hear what people go through. So as as we mentioned, I'm from Wisconsin. I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and had the mm-hmm. honor and privilege of knowing the big old Oscar Robertson, who was. Mm. Back in the day in '71, when Milwaukee won it 50 years ago, wow, was a was a player and a team, you know. And our families knew each other, you know. And it's amazing to see, you know, such athletes, but also such good people, and know them as people, right? And it's one of those yeah. things that, you know, when I was growing up, I was so young, I wasn't really, you know old enough to appreciate his winning that championship, but I knew who he was before mm. I found out what a legend he was, right? I knew him right. as Mr. Robertson, not the Hall of Fame athlete, you know, that right. averaged triple, triple doubles for multiple triple seasons doubles. and all. Right, <laughs> right, 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 you know, right, right. But it's just like, you know, it's amazing to see just for me so much it's important to have that character development. And I think that's when I talk about mentors, there's so many people within the field of, of medicine and surgery that inspired me. But it's really the character of the individual that for me stands out. It's not the fact that they're doing so many surgeries a year, you know, but I had the, the privilege and honor of uh, meeting Dr. Levi Watkins at 
at Johns Hopkins, who, again, it was all about his character, his commitment to excellence, his resilience, and his commitment to improving the lives of others. He helped recruit me there. He had a commitment to bring people to Johns Hopkins, and especially a commitment to have more people of color in surgical specialties. And he carried out that mission and he spearheaded that mission. And for me, that's, uh, that's something I'll always remember. Wow. So in this next section, I want to get what I call to be the five P framework. This is the five things that I believe that defined one of them or sometimes a combination of them to define what our niche is. So the first one I would ask you yeah. is what are your passions? What, what do you have strong interests in? Yeah, so I think I'm really passionate about helping people. Uh, I think that's that makes me feel good. And so when you can just make someone's life better, uh, that's that's huge for me. And you know, I'm kind of competitive. I like you know, the sports are, are fun for me. And even if it's like pool or ping pong or something like that, <laughs> you know, I still like competing. I I'm passionate about just um, I think just staying healthy. And I think it's important to have not only mental health, but good physical musculoskeletal health. And I think there's so much to be said about the mind-body connection. Mm. And so I'm passionate about really helping people not only deal with their musculoskeletal ailments, but also helping with their mindset in dealing with a problem. Unfortunately, there's some patients that end up with some very debilitating injuries. They'll never walk quite the same. They may not be able to perform, whether it's athletically or in as far as their work endeavor is concerned. But the goal is to just make sure their mindset is right. And I think I'm passionate about just helping restore people that have been injured and hopefully encouraging them to, to keep going. Yeah. So that's what I'm passionate about. I'm also passionate about teaching. You know, I think that's one of the things I've had great mentors, great teachers, as we just talked about. And I think that's another thing I'm really passionate about, just, you know, trying to educate the, the future generation. And especially as, you know, again, technology continues to improve. And just earlier today, I was doing some robotic surgery. And I'm just like, you know, it's amazing how we... I look back to when robotic surgery was being done in orthopedics, you know, when I was in my training <laughs> over 20 years ago. And I'm like, wow, this sure has come a long way. So I'm just like, I'm constantly educating myself and, and then helping educate the next generation of healthcare mm. providers. What do you do that feels purposeful? What do you do when you do it? You kind of say, I feel like I was made for this moment. Yeah. And, and I think that's pretty much the delivery of the, of the care. And I think it's as much as it is actually suturing that laceration of that nerve or that blood vessel or repairing that tendon or that ligament reconstruction or repairing the rotator cuff and doing the actual physical part of restoring the musculoskeletal condition. It's as much of restoring that individual's hope and their desire to be whole again and to get, you know, competitive again. So that's what I think my purpose is, is helping restore not only just the musculoskeletal aspect, but also the mindset aspect and really getting them to be in a mindset of rehabilitation, of recovery, or, you know, of being made whole again and really just getting back to a state of mind where they're happy with who they are and able to do the things they want to do, even if we have to find different ways to do it. Mm. What patterns do you have? What do you do naturally well? That's a good question. Um, and, and that's 
you know, I, I, as I, as I think about that, I'm like, wow, natural, you know, some things, you know, I, I like to say I'm disciplined, but Cliff, if I'm honest, discipline, I don't think came naturally for me. <laughs> you know, it was a requirement maybe for me to be competitive at a high level in sports for sure. It was a requirement for me to pursue my dreams of wanting to go to medical school and balance an athletic, you know, environment and, and during college. And I think discipline was one of those things that I can do and just hard work. I think I've always been able to work hard. You know, that's mm -hmm. one thing I can just do. I can just, whether it's running a long distance or just can, you know, now I don't run nearly as fast as I used to, but I can still <laughs> go for a distance, you know, and I kind of like, I look forward to that challenge, whether it's knocking out that little six mile run. I don't look at the clock anymore. I don't look at the time. <laughs> right, right. Just, just get it over with. <laughs> do the distance. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm able to do is just kind of stay disciplined and kind of work hard and endure. Mm. So um, proficiency is like the opposite side of the pattern coin. So this is not what you do well, but this is what you've learned to do well over time. So what do you consider your proficiencies? Yeah. So proficiency, that's a great that's a great question. And proficiency, I think when, I, when I'm proficient, I'm really on top of my game when I stay disciplined. And that requires some accountability. And so what's kind of nice is that we kind of have some coaches kind of overseeing this process as we go through this orthopedic surgery process, even though I've kind of been in practice for 20 years, we still have conferences, we still have online, you know, tests we can take, you know, for CMEs and, uh, and various uh, ways to kind of test our knowledge base and continually learn. Mm -hmm. So these can continually learning ex exercise and activities include taking tests, but I kind of do those to challenge myself. And so when I look at that, I've kind of learned to kind of challenge myself and get in a disciplined frame of mind. So I'm constantly on a schedule where I'm taking a certain exam or preparing for a certain exam every year. And I think that's where I've become proficient just in, in just continuing to maintain the learning and commitment to improving. Hmm. And then what problems? Uh, I mean, it's kind of obvious you've been you've been sharing it so far. But just to ask you this last question in a, in a framework, uh, what problems uh, do people come to you to solve in a unique way? Yeah, so I think that's a good question. And I think when it comes down to it, it's probably problems of just challenges in life. So uh, some some residents that we have will have challenges and that can be challenges just with dealing with the whole stress and nature of things but I think it's more a matter of just helping with the mindset and perspective and so as I look where am I best at you know again surgical techniques that's that's more day-to-day -day work stuff but really mindset in terms of how do you deal with people how do you deal with situations where people are perceiving you a certain way you know I think that's where I'm able to kind of help people kind of navigate that course, you know, over the course of time, you know, I've had, you know, definitely challenges, obstacles, you know, situations which have been difficult, but I think having been through all of it, I can provide some encouragement for people who are going through a situation where they're being challenged. 
And a lot of times it has to do with perception. It's all in how that person may begin being perceived and how they want to project themselves. And I think I can help people in that domain, help them get through it, help them persevere and find strategies and paradigms to help them get through that struggle, get through their journey and, uh, and, and just keep going. Wow. So this section, last section that I have for you, a few, a few questions. Um, now I want to get your secrets. So this is now Dr. Mark Urquhart ter- talking to uh, the the very intelligent uh grammar school or I don't know if it was grammar school or elementary school but the when you were the teacher was giving you the candy bars <laughs> you're going to speak Dr. Mark Urquhart is going to speak to that young that young man uh, who seemed to have really a, a love for uh, watching the, uh, the the medical programs and, and knowing the bones of the body um, what would you what secret would you give to that young man the young Mark that would help accelerate him from where he is at that point to where you are today That's an excellent question, Cliff. And I think the key, I would tell that young Mark, I would say, you know what? Accept the challenge, embrace the challenge and embrace the struggle. And so so many times I think we, you know, as we pursue our goal, we, we try to find our place, our career path. We're looking for something that's going to be easy or just going to be an easy fit or it's just going to feel right from the very start. And my argument or my challenge to that young man would be, you know, hey, accept the challenge, embrace the challenge, embrace the loss that you may suffer, because in that you will learn more about yourself and you will reboot and come back better and stronger from it. And so that would be my lesson to that young man or woman. Just embrace the challenge, embrace the loss, you know, and learn from it and don't back away from it. Mm. Uh, what secret would you have as a must have to getting started and staying committed? Excellent question. And this, and the secret would be to basically stay focused. I think mm. that would be my thing. And we say that so often, but what does that really look like in terms of a detail? Cause it's good to be uh, pragmatic about it. You know, you say that and then what does that really mean? And I think I alluded to it a little bit earlier is that don't get too far ahead of yourselves. Don't start thinking like, oh, I want to go into business. How do I become like Mark Zuckerberg or, you know, I want to be like Bezos and own that. Don't get too far. Have a dream, have that passion, but also look at what's right in front of you. And it's amazing how a situation may not seem like the best environment for you, but it could be just what you need. Hmm. And and so my big thing would be to just really stay in the moment, right? Stay in the moment, apply your passions, your energy to the things and the resources you have around you. And you know that, and we didn't get into this clip, but some of those things, as I talk about losses from, from sporting events and athletic endeavors, you know, are not making it to the NBA. As you look at that as a challenge, you know, some of the things that taught me so much in life were those little jobs I had growing up. I worked for McDonald's flipping burgers, right? Oh, me too. Had to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I had a paper route. You know, my older brother kind of started the paper route. I was his assistant for a while and then took over the paper route. You know, worked little odd jobs here and there at factories, you know, just getting to know people. And I tell you, those 
those endeavors taught me so much about my character. It gave me so much appreciation for everyone. And I think it gave me perspective. And so in every little thing that may not even seem like it's connected, there's purpose in that, right? There's purpose in that. There's meaning in that. There's education in that. There's character development in that. And you'd be like, well, what is flipping burgers at McDonald's have to do with orthopedic surgery? Like, you know, like, you know, no one can even put those two together in the same arena. But it does. Showing up on time, you know, working hard, doing some overtime, you know, filling in for someone if they get sick or be called out, you know, closing the place, you know, just being able to discipline and have a discipline and wherewithal to balance that all and develop your character. And I think, you know, stay in the moment you know and just and it's really about even though you may not see you're like well how is this going to allow me to be successful in my entrepreneurial career you know <laughs> what does this have right. to do with you know my investments or stock or you know you know my owning businesses and everything and or whatever your career aspiration might be and you just have to look at it like this is sometimes it's for the character in all things you can be working on your character and you may not even realize it, but for me, it's that way. Every interaction with every individual that I treat is, is an opportunity to refine my character. And it has nothing to do with my hands. It has all to do with my conversation and my tone, my emotion. And that can go as far as even the, the interaction you brought up with my colleague that was you know, in a situation where an untoward event happened in, a, in the operating room. You know, those things happen, but it's really about all those opportunities are really for character development and opportunity to grow. Mm. So I think everyone should really focus. That's the big thing. It's just knowing, living in the moment and seizing every opportunity to grow mm. and develop. Mm. You know, I, you know, you may, may remember, I'm sure you remember, um, that, you know, I had, uh, tore my meniscus, um, yes. from running. I was trying to run, I was trying to run, um, uh, with my, my younger brother who actually has the pace of a gazelle. And I was trying to show him <laughs> that I'm still his older brother. So I paid the price. <laughs> but in, in any event, that then led to a series of just rehab and hard work. And the, the thing that I learned most in that moment is that when you're injured, your body finds another way to do that task that you used to do the correct way. It finds a wrong way of doing it. That's and right. so I had to, I, you know, I, I, I had to learn how to walk again properly. I had to yeah. learn how to use muscles again that had turned off on me. But in all of that process, when you're talking about learning the little things, in all of that process, it helped me to become more aware of my body, more aware of what I can and cannot do and how yeah. to make quick corrections uh, or reset myself uh, by stretching and doing different yeah, things now that I never used to do before. <laughs> so I appreciate the little things. Yes. And Cliff, you know, as you mentioned that, I know we're getting into the Olympic season now and I love the Olympics. One thing I didn't mention, I'm always passionate about sports. I love the Olympics, but wow, you know, and I've we had the opportunity to go to Rio, see Usain Bolt race and win. It's just mm. unbelievable how fast he is. But I'll tell you what, something, you know, you want to talk about something really awe-inspiring? You watch the Paralympics. These individuals with no legs. Yeah. Wheelchair basketball. I had the opportunity to do that in college. And I'm going to tell you what, they were clear. <laughs> they were running circles around me. <laughs> I was just unbelievable. Wow. But to really seek the, the opportunity to understand 
the importance of character and mindset. You know, watch the Paralympics. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. The will. I mean, I just like, if I had half that, I would have been in the NBA. If I, <laughs> I look at them, I'm like, how do they do that? You know, it's unbelievable. Wow. You know, and that's when you see that, that's, that's to me, that's so inspirational. You know, mm. obviously you're in awe when you see someone that's just so fast and so when you see someone with these disabilities still with the passion and the vigor and the discipline and you know it takes extra to be able to do it without your musculoskeletal system in full in, in you know in full gear uh it, that's just amazing to me and very inspirational mm. i'm always encouraged i always like this time of year because you know it's just the olympic season is always phenomenal but i always tell everyone pay attention to the paralympics because it's just some of the most amazing in terms of athletic prowess and determination that you'll ever see I'm going to check it out just yeah. based on that recommendation. <laughs> uh, last question that I have for you is um, how do you know uh, when it's time to change course versus staying focused on your goal? That's a good question. And, uh, and I think, you know, you have to be adaptable and you have to be committed at the same time. And that being said, uh, I think it's good to have some people in your corner that you can really truly trust. And those individuals sometimes cannot be your closest family or friends. Sometimes people may be a little too close to you. They may want something for you more than them wanting for you to achieve your goal. And I think you have to just be honest with yourself and truthful with yourself in terms of, is this my passion? Is this what I really love to do? And is this what I'm good at? Can I do it better than most people? And is this something I'm doing for the right reasons? And, and it's all about a part of knowing yourself. And I think when you're in that zone, you're in the right place. And, and don't let anybody knock you off that stone. Don't let anybody deter you from that path. If, you, if you're passionate about it, you have aptitude and ability to, to do it better than most or getting to that point. And you, you, and I, as I say, quite simply, Cliff, I say, if you would do it, you know, one of my mentors said this, I'll never forget it. He uh, was very much up in age. At this point, he could have retired. He was still operating and not just operating Cliff. He was doing these amazingly complex spinal surgeries on individuals. I mean, these surgeries would last hours. And Cliff, I mean, I was younger then, I was like healthy. And to stand in him, with him side by side in the operating room for a four hour case, then a six hour case, then another four hour case, then another six hour case in one day. And he would come back and get up the next day and do it all over again. And I was like, I asked him, I was like, Dr. Kostrick, I was like, when, you know, where do you get this motivation? He's like, he turned and looked at me, and I, I was able to ask him next. This was my last year of residency. I'm like, I'm out of here, but just tell me what it is. What, what is it? How do you do this? You know, he's a, he's, he could have been retired. He's like, you just got to want to take care of people. You just got to want to make people better. Hmm. And at this point, you know, it wasn't about money. There was something that he got. The reward he got from helping people just made it worthwhile him not retiring. He couldn't care whether they had insurance or didn't have insurance. He wanted to make that person better. And I, so I say that to say, you know, you're in the right place when, you know, when I said, you're, you know, do you really want to be here? 
Would you do it even if you, there was no compensation, no obvious reward for that, no adulation for it from others, no you know, respect from either your colleagues or other people or even financial remuneration, which is a significant concern nowadays. Would you do it for free? You know, um, if you can answer that with a yes, I think you're in the right place. All right. Don't let anybody deter you from that goal. That's your wow. dream. You're dreaming then. Wow. 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 Um, you know, there's so many nuggets that you dropped in here and it's, it's so much that the, that you, I just feel like you could, it was like a seed, you just put it in the ground and water it and it can even bring, bring forth even more. I feel uh, if we have more time to really pull it out and excavate, uh, some of the points that you were making, I do appreciate you being on today. If somebody wanted, were to get in contact or wanted to get in contact with you, how best would they be able to do that? Yeah, so I can be reached uh, urquhartortho at gmail.com is our website. And they can just look me up there. And uh, <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always around. I'm always around. All right. <laughs> and you know, um, for those who are listening to uh, the Niche Finder Framework up to this point, you know that my motto is, if innovative change is an engine, your unique dream and ability could be its fuel. Uh, we want to thank Dr. Mark Urquhart for being a part of this program today. And if you're interested in seeing the things or hearing it, what we have going on, visit us on dreamoctane.org where we can show you the latest and greatest things on how to discover, develop, and to deliver your niche to the wider audience. Thank you so much Dr. Urquhart for taking the time. Uh, this is definitely uh, such a, a well-spent time and, I, and I, I'm sure our audience would appreciate all of the, the value that you had to bring from your expertise, which is orthopedic medicine. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Claire. Thanks for having me. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. And we'll see you at the very next episode when we have our very next guest. We're going to be talking about their journey towards success. <laughs>